The Voices of Search podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything podcast network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. Bridge Toll, California, customer service number. Highway miles to the gallon, Ford Focus. Thailand Cave Rescue Operation. What is Schema F? Best wine bars in San Carlos, California. Best Western hotels. How old is Ronaldo? What happened with Big Brother? What's a good engagement? How long before a wedding should I send out save the dates? Use IMAP to check email on other email clients. Identify fonts from where to find the best Welcome to the Voice. This is a search podcast. Today, we're going to talk about optimizing your content workflows. Joining us is Tommy Walker, who is the founder of The Content Studio, which is a content marketing consultancy for high-growth B2B SaaS startups and enterprises. Tommy was also the first marketing hire at Shopify Plus and the former global editor-in-chief at QuickBooks. And his company's goal is to help B2B SaaS companies build high-impact content marketing programs like the ones that he's built during his in-house employment career. Yesterday, Tommy and I talked about workflow optimization and content automation. And today we're going to talk about his tips as the former global editor-in-chief at QuickBooks. And this podcast is also sponsored by Ahrefs. What if I told you that you could monitor your website's SEO health, backlinks, and organic rankings at no costs? Sounds too good to be true? Well, it's not. Because my friends at Ahrefs just launched Ahrefs Webmaster Tools. Ahrefs' new Webmaster Tools product quickly helps you improve your site's visibility by pointing solutions to over 100 technical issues that might be holding your search performance down. Plus, AWT monitors for backlinks so you'll know the most linked to pages and how those links are affecting your rankings. And AWT shares what keywords your website ranks for and compares how you stack up against competitors for key metrics like search volume, keyword difficulty, and traffic value. Look, monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools. And now, thanks to Ahrefs, that's not the case anymore because AWT will help you monitor your SEO health, backlinks, and keywords for free. And no, it's not one of those 14-day free trial offers. It's a powerful site audit tool that will keep working for you for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Tommy Walker, the founder of The Content Studio. Tommy, welcome back to the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for having me back on. Excited to have you back on. Look, we're, we're two guys that think about the world very similarly and focus on not only content automation, but workflow optimization as well. I'm kind of Mm -hmm. pivoting my business to focus on making it easy for brands to build podcasts. And you're helping enterprise brands figure out how to make more content. There's a there there for us. And think that one of the things I'd love to hear from you is you haven't necessarily just done this where I am working with a distributed team of, I don't know, 15 people. You've done it at QuickBooks. Yeah. Which last time I checked had more than 15 people working for them. Quite a few. Yeah. So talk to me about some of the things that you did at QuickBooks. What does that infrastructure look like when you have that many people on the team? Oh my God. We have a half hour, right? It's a lot of what we were talking about in the last episode of learning who does what and how they get their stuff currently out to the market. 
and really at what point our things need to get in there. Because when it comes to a workflow, I want people to get in and out as fast as possible, give them only what they need and move on. Now, my tool of choice is always Airtable. This is not sponsored, although they have paid me in the past. So I do have to disclose that. Whatever. (laughs) Yeah. I love Airtable. They don't pay me. I use Monday. Yeah. Yeah. Airtable is one of the most automation-friendly platforms, which is why I love it. Here's my problem with Airtable. We're going here. Okay. We used Airtable for a long time. And I used it for consulting clients doing exactly what you're talking about. They didn't have a dedicated way when I was using them to do um, daily tasks, right? It was hard to say, okay, I could look through all these. I had 10 different boards and 10 different clients and I was tagged as responsible for all these stuff, but there was no one central place where I could look across all my boards and see, this is what I need to do today. Yep, yep. And Monday had a, a task list, which is why I migrated to, to Monday and I've loved them forever, ever since. Airtable is a wonderful UI and fantastic for the record. Yeah, no, and that's a great point. Yeah, what did I do with QuickBooks? So the idea is if we look at, we, in the last episode, we talked about auditing people's processes and what, what do they want to keep and what do they not want to keep and, and all of that. And it becomes infinitely more difficult when you're asking people to migrate off of different tools to get them all in the same place. Now, one of the things that we did, because people were into their processes and into where they already were, is... Okay, we said, let's see where we can automate syncing up information with each other because you don't want to move. Some people wanted to move because they hated their tooling. They hated their process. They were ready to blow it all up and, and get more people you know, involved. Other people were more stuck in their ways. So how do we keep that? And that, was, that goes back to what we were talking about before, where it's auditing that and figuring out what those steps in their processes are and finding those intersection points. It took forever. It was like an 18-month overall projects with complete iterations along the way, along with uh, different trainings that happened along the way. So to do that at a global scale is insane. I don't recommend anybody ever do it unless you want to lose hair or get more grays. But ultimately, it comes back to what we were talking about before, which is what do people want to keep? What are they ready to blow up? What do they hate? And then sort of working within that to say, okay, let's get this going. Ironically, when you're doing workflow optimization at this level of scale, it's not necessarily a tooling problem. It's not necessarily a systems problem. It's a people problem. It's that some people will get on the bus and some people just want to stand in front of it. You also have another level of complexity, which is you're creating content across multiple brands, across multiple products, multiple industries, even multiple languages. So talk to me about the workflow management when you have to separate out all of those different variables or constituents. It's, it's just got to be a big hairy beast trying to figure out how to optimize your workflow when you got to take in fact into account all the different variables for a piece of content. Yep. So it's one step at a time. So you're talking about the translation aspect of it, right? And that's something that we definitely had to do. When a piece of content was ready to be published, We'd also we'd publish that on our platform, but then before we published it on our platform, if we wanted to do a simultaneous release, we'd send that over to our localization team, which they had their own process that they went through. So it, all they had to do was have an exchange of information. We get it to them, they get it back to us, right? That's actually fairly simple. In other areas, I had uh, boots on the ground in our primary core markets, right? So UK, Canada, 
a few others, right? APAC. And we'd get that over and I'd have people on the ground over there who would do basically add a bunch of use to different words. And then we'd call it localized, change up some of the nomenclature and whatnot. And then basically once that information was kind of swapped out, they went through a lot of their own process. It was just a matter of getting the information back and forth between those different areas. And then working within those local markets too, we were not only creating content that could be globally relevant, which is kind of universally relevant, right? How to balance your books. That might be something that's universally relevant, but something where we get more into the taxes and whatnot. That's where we have our boots on the ground local teams kind of talking about the specifics of that. And just as long as we're having visibility into that part of the process, that makes it a lot easier because now I'm kind of managing different smaller teams across the board, still publishing five days a week, but now looking at, okay, that's a calendar thing, right? How do we have two universally relevant pieces a week and then three local pieces? And then that's more standard management of just managing content teams. I hope that answers the question. So you've got this process where, you know, you're building in the internationalization and sort of figuring out the different variables and ways to modify different pieces of content, which means that you're managing a lot of moving pieces all at once, right? Let's say you take a given piece of content, you're publishing it in 10 different, you have an individual piece of content that you produce, but then you're producing it for five different industries and then you're doing it in 10 different languages. Now you're all of a sudden looking at 50 pieces of content that may or may not be getting published at the same time. Time for a one minute break to hear from our sponsor, Previsible. So you're looking for SEO help and you got a couple of options. You could start replying to spam from agencies that claim they can get you to rank number one on Google. You can pay an hourly rate for a consultant who will inevitably nickel and dime you with hourly charges. Or you can work with a cookie cutter agency to quickly launch a strategy-less project with low success rate. None of those sound very good, now do they? Well, that's where Previsible's integrated consulting model comes in. Previsible draws from a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to unlock your organic growth opportunities. They build custom solutions that combine strategy, technical expertise, content, and reporting to effectively operationalize SEO for your business. Previsible's four-stage approach ensures that your SEO programs thrive by starting off with a strategy-first approach. Then they support you in your efforts to create quality content, help you identify technical issues, and most importantly, they'll work with your cross-functional teams to integrate your SEO strategies to make sure that your SEO budget actually drives results, not just your agency's bottom line. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, Square, all who rely on the SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's previsible, P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. Talk to me about quality assurance. How are you not only getting the content produced, but actually making sure that once it's live, it's not only where it's supposed to be, but it's also performing the way that it's supposed to. Ah, that's a great question. So this comes back to the people part of the process, right? And we were talking about before where you've got different people within the organization and and having, you know, some people want to stand in front of the train, some people want to help build it. But the thing across the board that everybody wants is creating good quality content. And what I found is when I was working with my different local teams and everyone involved, a good content workflow 
is always in service of creating better content. Right? There's my little quotable right there. Say it one more time. <laughs> a good content workflow is always in service of creating higher quality content. So if we're able to get the content to our local teams and get that to them a lot more smoothly, there are fewer points of friction. That gives everybody the opportunity to QA the content a lot faster. Right? They can start to focus primarily on the content quality versus the content quantity that's coming to them or how things get published along the way or all of these other areas. So looking at the entire production line of a piece of content, we might do our universally relevant keys, keyword research. Right, We'll have that stuff in an outline. We'll create the US version of that. That version gets sent over to our localization teams over there. They'll optimize for local search. They might switch out nomenclature and whatnot. And then we've got the rest of the process automated where they can get it to their social teams. They can easily get it uh, uploaded into WordPress or whatever management tool that they're using because a lot of them use different tools. So how do we get all of that other stuff that's not focusing on creating high-quality content better? right? And then people have the ability to just focus on creating high-quality stuff. Now, Intuit and QuickBooks is a lot more of a complex situation. So if I bring that back down to click it down to when I was at Shopify Plus, it was a way simpler process overall because I was the only marketing hire there for a long time. I created systems where we'd have content intake, right? where my system there would say, I'd ask a different series of questions. You bring up one type form and then ask a different series of questions within that type form to based on the content type that somebody wanted. So an ebook would get a different set of questions than a blog post versus all the different content types that you put out there. And then that goes into one central place for me, again, the Airtable. And then I can see those different... I've got it separated by views. Tell me if I'm going too deep on this. I've got different views that separate out by those content types. And then I can see those questions and what I need right there. Now to get that to people, right? instead of asking people... I, I did two things. One, I created an automation where you could type in a slash command that says slash intake. And it would bring up an intake form anytime anybody wanted to make a request. But then I'd also have an automated system that brought up the intake form in different channels any, like on a scheduled basis. So I might say once a month, I'll put it out to my customer success team. Hey, does anybody have any case studies that they want to do? They're reminded and they get into this habit of doing that. And now I can have my whole pipeline of things being managed, right? Coming in and getting those requests without people coming at me on a regular basis and saying like, Hey, I need this case study. I need this product thing. I need, I need, I need. I create these systems where I can bring those requests to them. And then we all know what we're getting and when. If I had to read it back to you, it sounds like there's an intake process where in a large organization, you need to understand the cadence and understand who you're reaching out to, to try to basically get the, here are the topics that we want to cover, mm -hmm. right? Once and for us, you know, the MarTech podcast, the Voices of Search podcast, that's whoever fills out our application on the website, that's our intake form. That's how we figure out who our speakers are going to be. Once you have that intake and that list, then you go through this content optimization process where you're producing content 
And then there's sort of a duplication process as well. We're going to internationalize it. We're going to modify it for a different industry. You're going to take that core piece of content and try to do some basically replication. You go through a publishing phase. You make sure everything gets live. And then there's the after. Talk to me about when you're producing so much content at scale across so many properties. How do you think about looking back, evaluating, figuring out what's working and also monitoring for what might have broken along the way? That's a great question. That's the people part of the process, right? That's where you're asking people, hey, can you build out the inner links once we have this stuff there? Can you record this stuff in the the workflow tool that we have? Make sure that this stuff is filled out when we have this. But when we're going to create content, right? Go back to this outline. And my friend Aaron Orendorf was the one that helped uh, with this process is we'd go through every single market with a universally relevant piece. We'd go through and read their blogs and find out, hey, these are the pieces that need to be redirected over to here. These are the pieces that need to have these internal links updated. So it points to this new page and all of this pre-work. So when that got to them, they knew exactly what needed to happen afterwards. And then they do all of that work in addition to the stuff that they did to localize a piece. And then they would update what we had. And then that would sync back and forth and give us sort of that bigger visibility across the board. So in this case, like, yes, I helped architect the system. But it's really important to realize that there are other people involved. And there are those steps that need to happen that are a part of this. But that there are other people on the ground really doing a lot of this stuff. Now, managing that, overseeing it all, we create systems where we can have all of this input come into a single calendar because all of our, your management wants to see obviously what those uh, results are going to be, right? How much are you producing? What the, what's the volume at? What are those success metrics look like? So we create the central calendar where we can see all of that. And then when we do reporting, and this is something that I'm, I'm only now learning more of. So I didn't get to do this at QuickBooks, but I can do it now is everybody can press a button. We can integrate our analytics tools with our centralized location, right? In Airtable in this case, and click a button. And then those metrics start to come into place. So then we can start to create reports. We can automate those reports based on the data that's there and start having that all in one spot to make it uh, centralized. So centralization and knowing what your... The way that I like to think about it, right, is... Did you ever have hamsters growing up? It's a totally weird question. But did you ever have hamsters growing up? No, no, I've never had a hamster. (laughs) Or mice or like rodents of any sort. So I try to avoid all rodents. Perfect. Makes sense. Totally get it. I was a big... I was like the hamster nerd growing up. And what's the, the reason for this analogy is that when you have hamsters, right, you have your one central cage and then you can start to build off tubes and like little fun places for them to go. And that one cage is their sort of central hub, but then they have all sorts of different places that they can go. I found it's been a really apt analogy for thinking about this. If we talk about content quality, right, because this is almost becoming like part two of the workflow optimization process. If we talk about content quality, again, it's allowing people to have very little friction points to get to that focusing on the piece and creating a high quality piece of content that can then get out to the rest of the world. And what happens in a lot of these cases, if you don't have that, 
the content quality gets sacrificed because you're trying to feed the beast. Can I throw one more thing in there? Fire away. When it comes to the managing of it all, there always has to be a constant line of communication with the people that you have on the ground. And one of the things that I'm now trying to do, I didn't necessarily do it as well back then, is have requests for the process as we're looking at it. Right? Hey, this part, now that we've built it, this part's not necessarily working for me. I don't need these things. And then if we have that, we can start to make a change log and we can make a request log to start going back and making it so even the process that we're trying to optimize is further optimized. Because sometimes you add stuff that you don't need. Yeah. The word that you said that really sticks out to me is architecture. When you're thinking about building a content optimization tool, you need to architect it. You need to think about your foundation. What are the processes that you're already using? How do you build systems in place to expedite that workflow? But then also you're building on top of it. You're building the foundation with automation and then you're constantly tinkering and adding. And so it's not just, okay, how do I get from topic ideation to production to publishing. After publishing, you're also thinking about analytics. You're also thinking about reviewing. How do we do syndication? There's always more and more to add into content optimization. And mostly when you're at a large organization like Shopify Plus or QuickBooks, those organizations are large, obviously a lot of complexity. But once you sort of get that basic infrastructure, you can always add more to do things like content syndication and modification and breaking down your long form content into short content. This is a topic that we can go on endlessly about how to automate your processes. But I think we're going to stop here. And Tommy, let me just say thank you for uh, coming on the show and sharing some of your experiences about workflow and content optimization. And that wraps up this episode of the Voices of Search podcast. Thanks for listening to my conversation with Tommy Walker, founder of the Content Studio, for joining us. If you'd like to get in touch with Tommy, you could find a link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact him on Twitter where his handle is Tommy is my name, or you could visit his company's website, which is thecontentstudio.com. And a special thanks to Previsible for sponsoring this podcast. If you're looking for support with all of your SEO needs, Previsible's integrated consulting model is there for you. They draw on a collective 40 years of SEO and digital marketing experience to help you unlock your organic search and growth opportunities. So join brands like Yelp, eBay, Canva, Atlassian, and Square, all who rely on SEO consultants at Previsible. For more information, go to previsible.io. That's P-R-E-V-I-S-I-B-L-E dot I-O. And a special thanks to Ahrefs for sponsoring this podcast. Monitoring your website used to require multiple expensive tools, but that's not the case anymore thanks to Ahrefs because they just launched their Ahrefs Webmaster Tools product, which monitors your SEO health, helps you keep track of your backlinks, and gives you the insight into what keywords are performing for free. So check out Ahrefs Webmaster Tools at ahrefs.com slash A-W-T. That's Ahrefs, A-H-R-E-F-S dot com slash A-W-T. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, just head over to voicesofsearch.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes and contact information for our guests. You can also send us your topic suggestions or your SEO questions, and you can even apply to be a guest speaker on the Voices of Search podcast. 
Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is Voices of Search on Twitter, and my personal handle is Ben J. Shap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of SEO and content marketing insights in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app, and we'll be back in your feed in the next business day. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, remember, the answers are always in the data. Oh,